Hello, hello. What's up, my man? Welcome to the Don's Table, man. This is the nice table. It is a nice table. You know, we only opt in for good and nice tables. How about this lighting, though? Hey, my man, that's the pool. That's the pool don't miss, man. That's that's the guy behind the cam. He doesn't miss. This is, should be the Don's lighting. The Don's lighting. <laughs> X table and everything else. Yes. The Don's mogul pot and, and, and Brian's brand that we love so much. The cups. The cups. We just sell cups, man. Like that's Rob it. said. You know, <laughs> that's all we do, but it has unlimited possibilities. It does. Feel me? I do. Feel me? So welcome to the Don's table. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here, man. Rumor has it I'm first guest. Is that is that true? I was just I was just gonna say this is not the first episode, but you are the first guest. And I remember on the first one that I did, I mentioned that I really wanted to have my friends and family because this is really the Don's table. You know, it's like bringing my homies here. And I was like, "Hey, man, when are you gonna be in New York next?" <laughs> <laughs> and then it just organically worked out. We just came back from Seattle. We were and, in Seattle, and then I found out in Seattle you were gonna be in New York for something. And then it was just like, wait a minute, this is perfect. This is the opportunity of a lifetime. And uh, coordinated 10,000 things, and here we are. Here we are at the table. This is much better. I mean, it would have been cool in uh, Seattle or out the ranch, but this is cool. This is dope. This is dope. It's like, I feel like it's the first time I bring you to my backyard of the Bronx. The Bronx. So this is cool. We drove past Yankee Stadium. Never seen it before. That was cool. Yeah, because usually it's like Manhattan, Brooklyn, that's usually where we're yeah. Hanging out when I come to New York, but that was cool. Here we go. We're in the boogie down Bronx now. Yeah, yeah. Hip hop's you know origins. Yeah, Cedric Ave down, down the, the down the block. Down the block. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but listen, there's a lot going on right now, man. It's a great time to be alive. Yes. Uh, we launched yes, this like last week. We did. And uh, thank God for you having a great team because I was like, wait, what? It's launching one. <laughs> <laughs> but very exciting. A lot of great feedback. From the crowd, from the people, uh, it's it's an icon reimagined. Yes. It's it's something that we I think we literally met like two years ago for the first time. Yeah, and we were talking about this thing. Yeah, and like it just great things take time. Now it's and real life. Now it's in real life, and you're seeing it. You know, and this is like the most organic product placement you will ever see on this podcast because I was literally a part of this, and there was so much passion. And collaboration that went into this in an organic form that it was just like we're sipping it right now. You it's know, we're sipping some Dominican coffee from, from Dominican coffee from Barauna. This is full circle. And Thanks. This, shout out to Prop for an introduction to us. Yeah, Prop Prop is the goat. The the coffee's A and R. He uh yeah, he introduced us what, two years ago? Two years ago. Literally. So good. Time flies. Time it was flies. COVID because I remember doing Zoom calls with you. Yeah, my Zoom call buddies. Yeah, Zoo, Prop, me, Joe Gray. Shout out to Joe. Time flies. Yeah. Time flies. But yeah, man, you are one of the most interesting men, you know, <laughs> that I know. And I appreciate you and your time. If you guys don't know, which you probably don't know, but Brian is uh, really my only mentor right now. Um, one day I was just like, hey, man, really love what you do. You seem very knowledgeable. Can you be my mentor, man? I just need 30 minutes a month. And he gave me that. You know, yes, and sir. we still meet 30 minutes a month. I love it. And it's the most powerful thing that has impacted me as a business owner because it's like you've been through so many things and you've learned so much that it's nice to reference somebody, you know, yeah. who has that experience. Talking about that, like, if I'm not mistaken, you started your company at 24. I did, yeah. I started mine at 22. Not that I beat you to it. No, you beat me, man. But but I've been struggling longer <laughs> than you, man. <laughs> the struggle. Um, but like, what was that journey like? Because I feel like being 
26 now, but when I started at 22, I feel like people didn't really take me serious. I, like, I had to do the most for people to, like, hear me out. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was talking about that on my, my last podcast. It's like people didn't really listen to me when I was in the room until, like, I got on, like, national TV. And it's like, oh, maybe we should give this guy a listen. So, like, what was that experience, like, getting into the business world? I know you had some prior business experience before that, but you weren't really the founder and yeah, CEO yeah. of that. So what was it like launch, launching Mirror and, and getting into the rooms and trying to get, like, get actual accounts? <laughs> you know? Yeah, that was, gosh, that was, what, circa 2009? It was a different world because we, you know, social media was like kind of just starting. I mean, it, you know, it's like 2004, Facebook, Facebook starts, you know, and that's where we're on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, but it, it's changed a little bit in the sense that, you know, now, you know, I think young folks have a little more credibility. If you got a big following on social media, people take you seriously. Mm-hmm. But buyers themselves, like the folks who are like, you know, in control of buying into retail at 24, they're like, who is this kid? Like, just get <laughs> like, no, nobody like, no, 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 no. You know, because I'm going up against... Yeti, Hydra, all these cats, much, much older, much more professional. And so I went uh, I went social media. So Facebook at the time had very little businesses on it. So I was like, oh, I'll just, if people don't take me seriously, I'll just sell online. Wow. And it was like, that was Facebook. That was the, the early, I feel like, I feel lucky in two senses. I was at a company before I started Mirror where Google AdWords literally just dropped. And people didn't know what Google AdWords were, and That's we would crazy. place. So we, so we, um, I was, I was this, uh, I was working at Little Hotties Hand Warmers, air activated hand warmer company. So like, you go skiing, hiking, use these hand warmers, and so people didn't know that the first like one to three little like kind of yellow boxes were ads, and you could just place the ad. It was all new, and it was all new. So everything before that was like SEO, and so the company, our competitors were like twenty year old companies, so they were number one too, but they didn't know what Google AdWords were. Boom, first slot Google AdWords. We were make like it was just. We had to pay off our credit card every single day because we like racked up the Google AdWords so high <laughs> that we had to pay it off to get more ads the next day and the next day. But the sales were so like it was bonkers. It was like I want to say we were getting like like twenty percent click through on the ads, mm-hmm. and then like ten percent conversion into cart checking out. Like it was it was just like this this time. And similar to Facebook, you know, it was like at the time where like. I don't know if you remember this, but like on the news feed, you would catch up to the news feed from mm-hmm. yesterday. And, and so it will it, end and then you got to end. You're like, oh, yeah. I got I to gotta wait till tomorrow or later for more content get posted. And mm-hmm. at that time, no, no, very few businesses were posting in their news feed. And all of that content went into the main news feed. So we were so what I was doing was basically targeting folks for like one or two cents on the left side, you know, or thumbs up, you know, like the brand. And it would be like people who like outdoors, coffee, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. That's what I'd target people, get them to like the page, build content for the page. And then same thing, we were getting like 20% click through on Facebook to our website and then like 5% conversion. So like all of our sales, like year one, I think we did like in six months we did like, and and I say we, cause I'm so used to like pretending that we were bigger than we were. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> I did the same thing. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. We were doing this thing, uh, you know, circa 2010, we did like, uh, I think like a hundred grand in six months on, on Facebook revenue. Um, it was me, uh, nice. but just tinkering. I, I specifically remember launching our website. It was July of 2010. And you have this idea that like when you launch, people are just going to show up. Yeah. And, you know, getting all, so I, and I didn't have enough money to pay people to develop the website. So I learned, so I taught myself how to code so I could build our website because I, I couldn't pay somebody. <laughs> I remember turning it on. It was on Volusion's website. Volusion was like pre-Shopify, like Shopify just ate their lunch. But uh, turned the website on and like waited. And then it like hit me. I was like, oh. I got to go do marketing. 
Like I gotta, I gotta go like tell people about this, right? And so that's where like you know started just hitting up on Facebook and the content and whatnot. But that was the, that was that was just the moment where I like turned on the website and I was like, oh yeah, you, you kind of have to tell people. That's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. It that's so insightful. I've never heard you say that before. Yeah. Like I definitely grew up in a different time. It yeah. was just like Shopify, <laughs> Squarespace. Oh man, Shopify Wix. was so much better. Volusion was like it was fine. It was it was fine. There was a lot of opportunity there, but. Uh, it was rough. It was like making a MySpace <laughs> profile with the music and all that. Yeah, it wasn't quite that bad where it's like you have someone's page and boom, music yeah. in your face. But it was, uh, yeah, Volusion was uh, something else. I just remember editing like, because you could you could get into the source code on Volusion. Mm-hmm. So you could really mess some stuff up. So That's you'd great. like, you know, your template would get, you know, jacked up and check out. And that was when like SSL certificates and HTTPS was up, was like barely a thing. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was wild. Yeah, I'm scared of that. I remember <laughs> I, I, I was like editing my website and I was like, uh... Oh man, a Let lot of me saving. Not save this. Yeah. I was I'd like, always copy the code before I started, open a document, paste it in there, and then I start to go into town and like editing and whatnot. My my buddy Nate Hammer, R.I.P. He he unfortunately passed away. He uh he taught me how to use how to code in jQuery and Java. And we do like, you know, those dope sliders. We'd have like three images and they'd like tran you know, transition from like one banner to the next banner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like that was a big thing back in the day. So slideshow. Yeah, slideshow. So he'd show me how to use jQuery and Java and all the good stuff. You're making uh, me feel like I got a suite nowadays. You young entrepreneurs getting started, man. We have a suite. Do you hear this? <laughs> it's like we just add a slideshow. So, here's three photos. At what speed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, yeah oh, man. The tools these days are amazing. Like any, even outsourcing, right? like Fiverr, Upwork. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty know. ridiculous. Yeah, you're like, oh, I need this thing. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, I, w- I wanted to launch this podcast like two or three years ago. And I went on Fiverr. And I was like, hey, make me a theme song with a trumpet like uh Spanish trumpet, not just any trumpet, like a salsa trumpet, and it came out so bad. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, we're not going to use that theme song. When I could afford one, I'll get an official theme yeah, song. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. But speaking of little hotties, how, how would you say that impacted or influenced your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I went to school for business, um, but I learned pretty much everything about business doing business. In fact, what's funny, I, was read, I read an article the other day, and it was um, saying that MBA, like the cost to get an MBA is so expensive now that people are foregoing and getting their MBA and they're just going and buying small businesses to get the experience of a small business That's to crazy. like learn business That's versus crazy. like paying to go to school, which I thought was interesting. Um, so I got super lucky. So I, I, I got recruited to play soccer up in Seattle and my mentor was a former soccer player as well at the school. So I got connected to him and after my freshman year, I quit, hated it. We were playing so much. So I was so over soccer, just done. His best friend, this guy Rick Wood, started Little Hotties Hand Warmers six months in or so, needed some help, couldn't afford to pay for an employee. He's like, hey, you want to intern for me? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to intern. So I uh, interned for him my sophomore, I think it was my sophomore year. And um, from there, really learned about sales, marketing, operations, finance. I mean, literally everything. Rick was doing everything. Uh, he was an extraordinary strategic sales guy. He was in um, uh, like medical uh, sales, mm-hmm. which is super complicated. You know, he was selling like diagnostic strips, um, which is like super geeky, but he, he was really, really good at sales. Didn't like operations didn't like marketing. And I was like, Oh, I can do that. So anyway, he, you know, at 20, he took me to China. That's where we were sourcing hand warmers from. That's crazy. Um, and it, you know, there's a whole other story about how he got in the business, but, um, essentially he took me over there and he hated going to China. And I was like, young kid, this is otherworldly i was like this is amazing this so is i basically started going to china working on our supply chain i go by myself um and looking back i'm like bro you were crazy rick 
Like you let me as a 20, 21 year old go to China and, and like help run the company. He's like, no nah, man, you, he's like, I was watching. He's like, I was making sure nothing go off the rails, mm-hmm. but that's, I mean, I learned we were selling to Costco, REI, uh, early Amazon days. Like I said, um, you know, we were just figuring out AdWords on our own. Mm-hmm. So he, I was like, Hey Rick, Rick, come into my office. That's I'd show him. I was like, check out this Google just launches AdWord thing. You know, this product I was like, we punch in the credit card ads are like 10 cents a click. I was like, boom, you know what our average or our AOV we're getting like $40 in AOV. I was like, this is, and he was like, this is insane. <laughs> and then the next day you'd wake up and you're like, we have so many boxes to pack. So we had to like hire more temp labor in the warehouse. I mean, it was, it was wild, but that was like, I learned so much from Rick as far as how do you get trademarks? How do you, how do you settle, you know, people, cause people would burn themselves, their hand warmers, you know, they'd, they'd say, Hey, we're going to sue you. Uh, keep it out. Probably liability insurance. You just, you basically just like get a settlement agreement going. So like, I mean, inside track, and then we sold the company in 2009. Wow. So it was, uh, it was, it was, and, and you know, it's, it's funny with bottles. One of the reasons we got into drinkware was because Rick, after we sold Little Hotties, we were like, what's next? And so Rick came into my office and he was like, he, he slammed this like bottle on the ground or on the, on my desk. Was, I think it was a SIG bottle. It was this aluminum Swiss company. He was like, this thing is 30 bucks. He's like, this thing's got to be like $2 to make. We should be making drinkware. <laughs> I was like, all right. Started researching it and whatnot. And That's crazy. Yeah. And then, I, and then I, the more I researched it, it was like nobody had designed a water bottle for drinking. It sounds very odd because there's so many drinkware companies now. But it was like SIG, Clean Canteen, Nalgene, a bunch of, a bunch of people. But it was all from like a different industry. Like the SIG bottle was a fuel canister for camping stoves that just became a water bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Stanley was like a thermos, you know, your grandpa's thermos type thing. Clean Canteen had this kind of goofy shape. They had gone to China, just grabbed something off the shelf that was already made and put their logo on it. So there was no intellectual property around that. Uh, and so I thought, wow, why, why has no one like made a bottle that's easy to drink from? And it sounds really basic, but it just didn't exist. And so I was like, well, it'd be nice if it fit in a cup holder because Nalgene's didn't. It'd be nice if I could like one twist opening. Sigs were like, I mean, it was like, you know, like 30 mm-hmm. turns. And then when you drank out of wide mouth bottles, you spill water on your face. Right. So I was like, oh, it's smaller opening. Shower. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was like, let's let's kind of. So that that was kind of like the the start of it. It was um, let's just build a better water bottle. That's crazy. Yeah. You know, something was running through my head just now. Yeah. There's one follow up, but then I also never said that you're the co-founder and CEO of me. Yeah. I never I, said that. Yeah. But that, right. That's just that's just how we roll. We, we've been doing this for so long. We just rolling straight in. That we just got right into it, but. <laughs> This is the man, the yeah. guy, <laughs> the legend, not the myth because he's in the flesh. <laughs> but so you, you touched on aluminum yep. cups yep. and bottles and yeah. stuff like that. I feel like a lot of people don't really understand the difference of like aluminum versus stainless steel and like how that's beneficial for a cup or drinkware. Like yeah. one time I bought this mocha pot from some company in Italy Yep. and I used Cafisa, you know, Cafisa, the espresso cleaner. Yep. I was like, oh, it's it looks like. It, yeah, it looks like this needs to be cleaned and looks really dirty. So I did that and like everything scraped off. Yep. Like like it looked like dirty, dirty metal or something like that. And it, I just never used it again. Um, but I was like, I was confused. And then I found that it was aluminum. So yeah. it's like what, but when it comes to mocha pots, when it comes to cups and drinkware, what's yeah. the big difference? Like what is BPA? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What is... Uh, the big benefit of not using aluminum and stuff like totally. that. Because I feel like the general public does not know the difference. Yeah. Because honestly, I didn't know the difference in the beginning. Now I do. But I feel like most people don't know. Yeah, there was... Um, so 2009, as I was looking at drinkware, I was evaluating stainless steel, plastic, aluminum, polycarbonate, you know, kind of all these different materials of like, what's the best... 
product? What's the best material to make a product out of? And it was to me, it was quite clear that stainless steel was was the most obvious solution. And the reason why was because Sig at the time was a Swiss company. They had a stainless or they had an aluminum bottle, but you know, and there, it's 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 widely debated on the internet. If you go and like, is it safe to drink from aluminum? The reality is most aluminum things are coated in something because there's been some linkage between aluminum and Alzheimer's, and it's just not a great material uh, to be consuming from. There, mm-hmm. There's a whole host of reasons to why people don't use aluminum. So, you know, when you think about aluminum can, mm-hmm. like a beer can, right? Right. It's not raw aluminum. There's a plastic liner on the inside because if you have like Coke on the inside of an aluminum can, it's going to eat that can. That's crazy. Right. So, like, you're going to have aluminum in your drink, so which is, which is not good. So, the whole thing about like, you know, it's kind of actually funny because when people are like, oh, you know, you know, canned, canned water is better than bottled water. It's like, it's all lined in plastic. <laughs> like that's the sad reality. It's all lined in plastic. Um, but stainless steel doesn't have to be. So that was a, that was a natural choice. Um, and then the, the challenge with like SIG, you know, they, they, um, I think they've, they've kind of had a re a rebirth years ago because they essentially went bankrupt. And one of the reasons was because they were aluminum bottle wrapped with plastic on the inside and the plastic on the inside had BPA in it. And so there again, you know, you go to FDA.gov, the FDA, the government will tell you that BPA is fine. And then you go to other sites and it's like, oh, BPA has been linked to cancer. It's not good for you. And so it's one of those things where it's like you can take the risk, but it's probably not worth it. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you take that risk if it's if there's a better material out there? Right. So right, I was right. like, OK, that's interesting. So and then the whole thing with SIG was they lied about BPA. I said, oh, no, 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 our liner doesn't have BPA. Someone took their bottle, sent it out to independent testing, proved that it had BPA in it and just tanks basically went out of business so the selection of stainless steel was very intentional for us from day one and with uh you know mocha pots what i can't figure out is like mocha pots that are made out of aluminum don't have a liner it's just raw aluminum sounds about right because when when i cleaned it i was like that looks nasty (laughs) yeah with hot coffee so so for us when we when we started to sit down with this that was like the obvious solution was like we got to go stainless steel and and the reason so some people like oh why do they use aluminum it's cheap it's super inexpensive. Aluminum is really, really inexpensive. Think about can can beer, can whatever. Right. Super inexpensive. You know, it's highly recyclable. That's a benefit of aluminum. Uh, but you gotta coat it. You gotta coat it. And what are you coating it with? Plastic. Mm-hmm. And then when you have coatings and they flake off and they chip off, you're ingesting plastic. So like a plastic lid. You know, a lot of times people are like, oh, well, your bottles have plastic. It's plastic lid. Well, it's a solid substrate. And the the reality is like it's not chipping off and flaking because it is a solid piece of plastic. Whereas if you have a liner. That can chip off, and you can adjust it, and that's not good. Yeah. So, can you pass me that one, the green one? Yeah, that one. Yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah, solid, solid plastic. Yeah, the um, and you can see it. Like, I mean, here's one. Here's one too, right? So oh like, yeah, we have one here. So you got the uh, so this one's solid plastic. So it's mm-hmm. not like it's not like chipping off. Um, same with this. You know, it's not it's not chipping off. Yeah. Um, whereas if you like coat something, it could peel, it can chip. It's you know all that sort of stuff. So gotcha. So the same thing with Mocha Pot. It was like, hey, let's make this out of stainless steel. It's a much better, much better product. That's cool. Yeah. Thank you. That was good. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, BPA. Don't mess with it. BPA. <laughs> yeah, because like you, you, you hear that, and you know, it as a business, I feel like I shouldn't get down with that. Like I, I shouldn't. I don't think we should. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you just know not to do it. I yeah. always trust my instincts, and it's like that BPA sounds scary. You know, it's um. <laughs> But it's a you know it's a building block chemical for plastic, so that's mm-hmm. why they use it. Um, so the reality is, there's BP. You know, people don't know this, but like there's BPA in canned food liners. So you go to you go to the grocery store, some will say BPA free. Mm-hmm. There's BPA in, in receipts. You know, when you get a receipt for checking out, the store, restaurant, whatever, there's BPA in that. 
there's BPA in car plastics. Like it's every, it's like everywhere. That's crazy. Just not good to ingest. You don't want to eat it. That's wild. But the FDA is like a person would have to eat 500 pounds of canned food per day for them to even have the toxicity. Level, you know, and you're like, mm -hmm. or you could just like not drink from it. Right. <laughs> and like choose an alternative. Yeah. <laughs> and drink right. Get yeah. right with the get right. Yeah. Yeah, that's real. Probably more than you want to know about BPA, but yeah. <laughs> no, that that's great because like I, I feel like I learned even more now. You know what I mean? You, it's just some things like Google is too. There's too many opinions on Google. There's like, a lot what, of opinions. You got to pick one. Yeah, you got to pick a lane. And yeah, and it's too many. It's too many directions to yeah. pick one. Yeah, you can. I mean, you can eat fast food all day, every day, if you want. You know, you have different options. Yeah. <laughs> Consequences. Man, so I'm thinking right now. Think about the Don, man. So like, your grandfather. You know, I was I was out there, cause like, you know, the 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 time you started your company and this time I started mine, I feel like there's something there. And then your grandfather started a business, was successful. That sort of inspired you in a way. My grandfather was a farmer. I consider it a business. Yeah. It inspired me in some way. Yeah. So it's like, can you tell me more about your grandfather's venture? Cause like, when I was out there. I'm driving on the highway, bro. I just got out the airport and I see a big ass sign, Pepe, yellow, and I'm like, "That's Brian's last name." <laughs> and then I brought it up to you. I was like, "Is that is that your grandfather's business?" And I I thought that was the coolest thing ever because like I've heard of it, yeah, I know about it, but like when I saw it, I was like, "Oh wow!" Like it just brought it into reality for me. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit more about like how he started that and then how it sort of inspired you? And like, what what is it like now? Like yeah. that company and 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 function. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, I think that the lesson that I learned from my grandfather is it really calls back to why I think there's the importance of mentorship. Mm -hmm. And it and it so it goes like this. So like, I see my grandfather. You know, growing up, he started this company after World War II. It's it's basically commercial equipment. So like heavy commercial equipment. You need a you need a forklift. You need a you need an excavator. You need a scissor lift. Like. Our family, um, I'm not involved in the family business, so it's my cousins, uh, my dad's uncle, that whole side of the family runs the business. We have nothing to do with it. Um, but I grew up watching my grandfather build this business. Mm -hmm. And so I have that experience. And when it's in your blood, you're like, oh, if he did it, I can do it. Mm -hmm. Right? And so I think in a similar way, like that's familiar. It's a family tie, so it makes sense. You're like, oh, if he can do it and I can do it, then that's, you know, it's like when people talk about like generational wealth or like whatever it is. When you have somebody who's done it that's close to you, you then believe that you can do it, right? right. And so that's why that's why I'm super passionate about mentorship and mentoring folks because it's like if you can see me do it and you can learn that like I'm just a guy just like you, mm -hmm. you know, 99.5% of us, we're, we're like that's how common and like close we are. Like we have more in common than we don't have in common from like mm -hmm. a from like a biological level. Yeah. And so for me, that's why that's the importance of the mentorship. Um, but yeah, you know, I grew up watching my grandfather. I heard stories about my grandfather. Um, I worked for the family business one summer. So he, so my grandfather set up the business where it was like, if any, if any descendant wanted to go and work for the family, you could, but you had to go get your, your bachelor's degree. What? And then you had to go work somewhere for two years before you could come and work for the family business. And so in, in like a meaningful way, I worked in the summer, I worked there one summer stocking parts, uh, you know, power washing forklifts, just like doing like, like I had to replace all the um, sewer, like the sewer lines, you know, I had to like all the drainage, I had to replace all the filters and all that, all the gross stuff. I had to do all that. stuff. I had to paint all the conference rooms, uh, you know, but I knew that like my name, like my last name was on the front of the building. I was like, I'm not going to let anybody down. I'm going to work harder than anybody. And I remember the store manager, <laughs> he gave me a task of like painting the entire upstairs of, a, of one of their buildings in Seattle. And I think he thought I was going to take like all summer to do it. And I got it done in like three days. And he was like, 
Oh, uh, hmm. Well, can you uh, go power wash some forklifts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll like keep finding stuff for me to do. Yeah. Uh, but I think so. I think that hustle is like part of it. Is just growing up, how I was raised. You know, you just work hard. Uh, that was kind of embedded in just seeing my grandfather work super hard, and my you know my uncle and my cousin um, work hard was like was like very meaningful. But you know, like I said, I was working at Little Hotties Hand Warmers. Yeah. And I got into the outdoor industry. We go to trade shows. I went to China. So trade I was like, shows. there's. There's no way. Respect family. I'm not going to come and work for you guys. Like, that's different. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so, yeah, that's so. So I think, you know, the leg up is that, like, I was blessed to have a grandfather who was successful and to see his success. Yeah. And then to translate that and say, like, well, if he did, I did it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's real. And I think that's, you know, talking to folks who, like, grew up maybe with nothing, who grew up with nobody around them being successful, then it's like it makes sense whether they also would think that they would not be able to be successful. Yeah. You 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 said some crazy game just now. <laughs> you said some crazy game. How let's get into the business of it. How did a grandfather set up the business to work that way? Did you do that with a trust or some type of agreement? Like how do you how do you leave a company to function like that after you're not here? I think it was probably in the operating agreement. If I had if I you know, I don't know like what the actual think, final detail is it was. The SOP? It was probably in the operating agreement that like you like, like the company couldn't hire a family member unless they had a bachelor's degree and like work somewhere else for two years. And I think that was like pretty, pretty brilliant, you know, to like prevent like nepotism to like, you got to go work somewhere else, go get some experience and then you come back versus like, Oh yeah, here's the job from day one. You know? And I think about this, like, uh, you know, Beck and I have no intention of ever selling mirror. Um, we also don't want to force our kids to work there, but if they did, I think that's something that I would do. I'd be like, Hey, listen, get your degree. Maybe I've, th- I've mixed thoughts on college mm-hmm. <laughs> and university, uh, whether it's worth it or not. Um, shout out to all the people that didn't go through school. I almost dropped out, but my mom made me I'm not, finish. I, I, I dropped out. <laughs> my guy. Um, I, I still want to go back. Cause little hot. Cause yeah. I was, I was doing it. I was like doing it with little hotties hand warmers. you right. And so like my, I had a college advisor while you were in school, while I was in school, I'm flying to China and I'm getting like C's. That's different. And the professor was like, listen, like I can make sure you pass, but like you got to be here for like strategic management. And I'm like, we literally were playing like an online shoe game of like buying and selling commodities all over the world. It was like a digital game. Nah, that's crazy. And, and I was like, like, I'm doing this in real life. <laughs> I'm flying to China, sourcing hand warmers and bringing them into the US. That's crazy. Like I'm doing this. And so I was like, I, like I'm not going to finish school to like give up this opportunity. And this, this college uh, advisor, Dr. Rand, who's awesome, who's like, hey, here's the deal. You can take internship one, internship two, advanced internship one, advanced internship two, independent study to get all the credits you need to graduate. Yeah. But I think I graduated with a very, very low GPA. Hey, C's get degrees, man. C's get degrees. C's get degrees. I I literally heard that. You know, if you, you know, listen, if you want to be a a doctor, a lawyer, all that, you know, all those degreed things, like you probably need to go to school. Yeah. Um, And and get some good grades. Yeah. But like entrepreneurs, like, listen, it's, yeah. That's crazy, bro. Yeah. You, you. I didn't even know that. Because, yeah. like, so this is my journey. I, I, I did community college. Yeah. And they already know this from my last episode. But I did community college, first generation. My mom was like, just graduate high school. I was like, sure. Then I did it. And she's like, now you got to go to college. I'm like, but how, how does this work? We've never done this before. So I did community college. Then I got a scholarship. Went to University of Rochester. And then in my junior year is when I started working on this idea. And then I was supposed to go back for my senior year. And it was like. I'm kind of doing it, man. You know what I mean? Like, I, I went to college to really just get a degree and get a good job. Yeah. Because that's kind of what you're trained to do. 100%. That's and, what, then, yeah. and then I found this thing called Donker Hall that I created in my class. And it was just the same experience. Like, 
man, I'm already doing it. You know, yep. I'm already selling it. I'm already contacting buyers and manufacturers and printing and yeah. making prototypes. And I was like, I'm literally living what I want to live, you know? Yeah. I always hated sitting at a desk. I like changing my environment. I love traveling, you know, where I get to travel for work, whether it's for trade shows or if it's to a farm, you know what I mean? Like that just always made me feel so engaged and so active that it just it felt new every time yeah totally so i feel you on that you know like i have mixed feelings i'm like man like i technically didn't finish i, I it's like I, almost, I would almost like to because it's like i'm the first one to start yeah, the journey totally so i would love to just finish it totally um and i was like the opposite where it's like i would have been the only cousin to not finish school so like it's, it's funny how we're yeah, like it's like opposite opposite but yeah. the same thing like you want to prove because you've never your family's never done it and i like my entire family's done it and i want to prove that like yeah, you don't you have can to still do it, do it. <laughs> like, i can still do it without this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's funny yeah wow. so i mean i you know i think the system the system of like jobs and all that stuff is is kind of broken where it's like you know you gotta get your degree you gotta do this you gotta do that and, and it's not wrong because you know people look at your gpa and all that sort of stuff but like i can tell you i have never ever once looked at someone's resume and been like what was your gpa in college like never never yeah uh just doesn't happen like that amir so that's good to know <laughs> you guys hear that listen mistakes happen all right yeah and uh yeah about the mba thing earlier i was like man i really would love to get an mba one day but i could just hire one you know what i mean like you could really yeah. just get somebody with the experience that you're looking for yeah and then they could just take over that role i you know i think there's val- there's probably some value to mba my sister has an mba um there's pro there's listen there's there's value there for sure i am like so against taking taking the time and money to do an mba when you could just invest that into yourself yes however however there's so many like if you want to be in big company and go up the ladder and like do that that's the way to go that's kind of that's kind of part of the way so i in one sense i'm like i get it but don't think that somebody having an MBA means that they're smarter than you or they know more than you because they mm-hmm. don't especially if you've started a business or you're in a business right the only difference is that they're reading a bajillion case studies and they have so many at bats and they're just talking, 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 talking about like, oh, this business, that's why business. You don't know until you've been in the seat. You don't know how the PL actually works until you're sitting in the seat and COVID hits. No business book, no rep, no amount of reading is going to replace the actual experience of running a business. Period. End of story. Facts. Gem drop. Anyway. Drop the mic. I don't know. I get get kind of passionate because MBAs think, you know, sometimes they just get on their high horse and their tower and they're like, I have an MBA. I'm so intelligent. (laughs) And I'm like, you probably are intelligent, but you also don't know. Yeah. 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 I feel that. That's yeah. So shout out to MBAs. Good job. Um, But you don't know. Shout out to y'all. We (laughs) We respect it. It's just we just have an alternative route right now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that's my experience. Other people have different experiences. And, you know, you want to go work at the big, big companies, you're probably in the MBA. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everybody has their own route. We okay. respect it. We just have our own. And it's like, this is a super. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting how we come from two totally different worlds, but it's kind of like the same experience. Yeah. It's so yeah. interesting, bro. It's pretty cool, man. It's pretty my guy. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. Oh, man. I just have so many things on my head right now. Like, where do we go with this? Where do we go with this? All right. I think one thing I struggle with is balance, man. Mm. And like, I'm a single young man. Okay. I, I still don't know how you're single, bro. Honestly, <laughs> it's tough. It's tough being single. You know, I just, I just gotta, I just gotta focus on the business and the goals right now. Uh, yeah, it's not easy being a superstar. <laughs> but man, uh, you mean handsome? <laughs> you know, when you when you have the mix of Dominican Republic, you know, you might beautiful look like people. This. You make mocha pots. Beautiful, pe- you come oh, beautiful up with people. Beautiful people. Yeah, you do have beautiful people. 
Yes. So I wanted to ask you, man, you and your wife back. Yeah. Are inspirational, you know, hashtag goals. Like, <laughs> I would man. just love to, you know, three beautiful kids, just beautiful family. And you guys launch something, you know, and, and you guys work on it together. And just mm-hmm. seeing her do her thing at Mirror X was so cool. It was dope. And just the energy, bro. So, like, tell me how, how I know it's challenging. It's not easy. I know you guys probably have had tough times because everybody has tough times, you know. But, like, what do you think is the key to a successful marriage, the key to a, a marriage that runs a business, mm. and you have kids? Like, you're you're a full-blown father. Like, yeah. <laughs> bro, literally, when was it? Monday? Yeah. Monday, you flew out. Yes. And then you went home. Yes. I'm not going to say where you live, but you flew home. Yes. And then the next morning, you walked your kids to school. Yes. Then you came to New York. Yes. And you just went home just to walk your kid to school. You know, it's in fact, <laughs> I went from Seattle back to where I live to put my kids to bed, which is amazing. Woke up, walked into school, uh-huh. walked back home, took the car, back to the airport, flew back to Seattle, back to New York because there's yeah. no direct flight from where I live. That's crazy. <laughs> but that's what I'm talking about. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, that's beautiful, but it's like, it's a lot. You know it what is. I mean? So it's like, how do you balance that? You know what I mean? Like, doing what you do you have a lot on your plate you have a big team to manage you have big goals and aspirations mm-hmm. what do you think is the key for people to be successful at managing these different things yeah i mean i think it's it's different for everybody for sure for me it's um you know it's funny my cousin my my cousin who uh who runs the, the family business he's people be like hey what's what's your best financial advice what's you know what's the what stocks you know what what do you what do you got and he's like mary right people are like what are you talking about <laughs> He's like, because if you get divorced, that'll cost you. <laughs> that'll cost you half. 50%, Papa. 50%. 50%. Uh, and I just, it's funny because he has a great marriage. But, it, you know, in a sense, it's true. Like, you know, mar- like I, I feel like I got super lucky in the sense that, like, I married, I married up. And I married up in the sense that, like, like there were some other people I dated who were like, it probably wouldn't have worked out, you know? And I think with Beck, it's like, I mean, we're kind of like soulmates. It's like we're best friends. And we, st- you know, we, and the other thing, you know, the advantage that we have is that we met when we were 18, freshman year of college. That's when we first met, dated off and on through the first couple of years, and then got married after college. So we, in a sense, like kind of grew up and matured together. Mm-hmm. So, like, all of the like challenges of just figuring out your 20s, who you want to be, what you want to do, where you're going to go in life, uh, we got to do that together. And I think it's, it would be harder if we were like just met, you know, last year or two years ago. And we, we were married for what ten years before we had kids, but we were running. You know, we were running mirror, so that was that was part of it too. Um, and you know, we we I think one of the I don't know if it's a secret, but it's just like we just having communication, like constantly talking about goals, ambitions, trying to be on the same page. And listen, you know, the the first five ten years is just hard because you're like you're wrestling with priorities and dreams and visions and you know I, I specifically remember this one time because you were at you were out at the ranch last week right mm-hmm. so that was like something I envisioned from like a very young age I was like I want to have a piece of property in the middle of nowhere and I'll have this place and in the early kind of like around when Mir started I was like talking about hey let's find some property let's build this cabin you know this whole thing you know and Beck's like we are so far from that stop sharing with that stop sharing that dream with me because it's like a tease. It's like something that I can see that you want, but like, we are so far from that. Just like, stop, stop talking about that. Mm-hmm. And it kind of hit me. I was like, wow, I got to like, my actions weren't necessarily mapping to my dreams. Like they were like way too ahead. So I kind of had to bring it back to reality of like, okay, let's like put that dream like over here. Let's just like grind and get mirrored to a place where it needs to be. 
and then let's reapproach that dream. Um, and you know, that dream has come true for sure. Um, it's a special place, but, um, man, what, you know, I think specifically with marriage, like knowing your, knowing your roles and communicating them are, is like top priority. I can't say enough about communication, 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 calendars, calendaring, everything is like saved our marriage. Like everything (laughs) is on the calendar. You know, that's good to know. Everything is on the calendar. Like every trip, everything that has to go down, everything is in the calendar. Because then it's just like clear. We, we have this mantra in, in, inside mirror, clear is kind. And so if I know that like I have to be home for soccer practice or, or she needs to be around because I'm going on a trip, just knowing that up front, uh, then there's no surprises. And there's always, you know, things come up here and there, but like that's like one of the main issues, like one of the main things. And I think for us, the other reason is, you know, we never want to give the illusion that like, everything is super easy for us. And now though, the, the stage we're at with mirror and the growth and everything, we have so much help now that it's like, it may look easy on the outside, but, but like, just so y'all know, like Jenny, my right hand, she's a boss. Like my I'm, assistant I'm, is a boss. I met Jenny for the first time. Yeah. Jenny's a boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she, she takes care of so much for us. You know, we have other people who are helping out. We have family, you know, that helps out. So it's, it's, it's a whole, like it is a, it is a concert of effort from people around us. So, you know, and it's one of those things where like, when you see people who are just like, yeah, we've made it. Cause it's all us. It's all us. Me, 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 me. You're like, it's not all you, you know, we have an incredible team. We have people who step up. Um, uh, you know, I don't have to be in the office every single day and that's, I love it. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Wow. Thank you for so, sharing. Yeah. That. And we don't, you know, we don't, we don't call like, you know, a lot of people talk about work-life balance. We specifically just me and Beck have work-life integration where like we designed it where we wanted to have a business that we ran together and we know like, you know, she has her part. I have my part. And from there, you know, we don't talk about like, you know, the reality is like when we get home from work, at, we try to get home from work at five. Um, and, the, you know, some days it goes later, some days it doesn't. But now at this stage in our life, we got three kids. We want to be present with them. We want to cook together. We want to eat a meal together. We want to put them down. But, yo, as soon as the kids are down at 730, like we're probably working again, you know, grind we're, time, grind time. We're emailing, we're talking, we're, we're or even if we're like laying there in bed, we're talking about oh, yeah, when we go to this thing next year, oh, it'd be really fun if we did this. Or what about, you know, what about this? What about if we did this product? What do you think about this? Hey, what do you think about that meeting? You know, it's like... That's cool. It's constant. And every once in a while, you know, one of us will just be like, shut it down. We'll just be like, hey, I can't. I just, I need a moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to walk the dog. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, for real. The other day, I was like, hey, I just need to take winter for a walk. She's like, all right, I get it. Yeah. And that just takes time, you know? Like like Anthony, you know Anthony. Anthony's uh, mentor talks about how, like, it takes experience to experience experience. And at first you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but it's one of those things where like we've, we've been married for 16 years. So we have this experience and it's like, it just gets better and better and better. Um, and I think it's kind of like that 1% gain every day over time is like, like, like the bell curve of 1% of worse every day where 1% of better is just like, I think it was James clear. It's like this massive, just hockey stick of 1% of growth every day. Mm-hmm. 1% better, 1% better. That's how I feel about running. Same. Yeah. It's like, if I just get 1% better, man, it's 1% further. Yeah. Yeah. Micro gains. That's real. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you said the thing about the calendar. Oh, yeah. Because I used to tell somebody who I used to date how important my calendar is. And I was like, hey, man, don't, don't be <laughs> weirded out if I send you a calendar invite for dinner. She's like, I don't want to live a life with somebody who sends me a calendar invite. And I was like, unfortunately, I have so much going on. That's kind of how I organize my days. 
Yeah, I kind of don't want to be married to somebody or partner with somebody who doesn't have a cat. Yeah, shorty. No, I'm just kidding. No, well, I, you know, it's funny. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't always that disciplined. I had a mentor, um, this guy, Nick, and he, he, was, he still is amazing. He's, he's still with us. He, uh, he was always like, the discipline will set you free. And I was like, what are you talking about? I love just being able to bob and weave and move with the wind and all this stuff. And it was like, no, as soon as you get that discipline of what you're doing every single day, then you have the freedom mentally to think about the more important things that need like the space, right? Mm-hmm. So like Jenny puts in blocks where it's just like two hours strategic time, not the office. So like when I'm like, oh, I need to work on this project. I got this board meeting. I got whatever it is. I know that there's a spot on Tuesday and Wednesday where I get two uninterrupted hours by myself to just like work. Mm-hmm. So I have the freedom during the week when I'm like, oh, I got to work on that thing. I don't have to like scramble and look for my calendar when I'm going to slot this in. It's like it's already there. It's like the gym, like everything's programmed mm-hmm. and it sounds like robotic to be like programmatic, you know, and I'm sure like I, there's flexing and there's moving. We have three kids. Of course, stuff changes, <laughs> but for the most part, just calendar it out. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, that's beautiful. I, it, it's really reassuring to hear that because like honestly growing up in the Bronx or just like number one being born in DR, like I was born in the country and like discipline wasn't really a thing like you kind of wake up at five, you go to the farm, you work, you come back. Like, they have a routine. Yeah, yeah. But, like, like for me, I didn't really have a discipline mm. growing up. You know what I mean? Like, I, I kind of feel like I, I raised myself for the most part because my mom always always working two, three jobs and stuff like that. So, like, any type of discipline that I have now is, like, I kind of gave to myself. I didn't really mm. – nobody really taught me that. Yeah. How to save money or, like – not spend what's in your account. You know what I mean? Like, I grew up in a neighborhood where you just get fly. You're fly yeah. all the time, but you're always broke. And yep. it's like, bro, why why, why are we living like this? You know what I mean? So it's, it's weird to, like, not be fly. Like, yeah. not wear the latest Jordans. It's yeah. weird to just not look good per, like, mm. trends. Yeah. And it's like, nah, nah, yeah, I'm good off of that. I don't yeah. need that. I, I, I'd rather have that in my account. Yeah. Or, like, I'd rather buy a sack of coffee and flip that and then, you know? Totally. It's like a totally different mentality of, like, going against the grain when everybody thinks, like, a herd mentality. Yeah, definitely. It's hard to, uh, man, that feeling of running out of money is the worst. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, I'm always up and down, yeah. you know? But, like, the best feeling is, like, when you don't have to worry about, like, automatic payments. Like, yes not being automatic because yeah. <laughs> there's no yeah. money in the account. Yeah, people say money doesn't buy happiness. I beg to disagree. It buys a lot of happiness to a point. I, I don't know what that point is, but like to that point where you like where like automatic payments, you have no worry, that takes a lot of stress off the table. You know, and I think listen, like for me and my experience, there was a moment in college I was doing video production and uh, my camera broke and I had to buy a new camera. And my dad was like no, you figure it out. And I remember like, I have no money and I have this debt. Like I'm so effed and had to go get a job at banana Republic to go like make up the extra money so that I could get a new camera to keep filming on the video production scene. Right. And listen, like, don't mishear me. My financial, you know, component, I can go get a job anywhere, you know? So it's not the same as like you growing up where you're like actually bootstrapping immigrant. Like I'm mm-hmm. not trying to compare my, my struggles to your struggles. Cause mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're not different respect to you on that running a company and having payroll and having that stress when you're grinding and trying to figure it out. Like we, we, we had a moment in 2018 where we had cash calls where we were going to make payroll and it was like terrifying. And that feeling, I was like, I never want to feel that feeling ever again. Like tighten your chest. That's crazy. Oh my gosh. It's like props poem, like breathe, you know, yeah. like, like it's yeah. And so I don't know that. So those, those, those are moments where you're like, I'm going to like work my ass off so I don't have to have that feeling again. 
and most people, you know, most, you know, you know, in that time, no employee knew about that. You know, like, I don't want them. Like, Beck and I made a commitment. We were like, we will never, ever miss payroll, which means COVID was hella scary. <laughs> <laughs> nah, 2020 was a different time. We're like, oh, 90% of the business is gone. This is, this is new. That's crazy. <laughs> Reminds me of like Ormondo. Yeah, Alyssa. So, oh, shout out Alyssa. Yeah, she, she was on a podcast with you, wasn't she? She might have been. She's oh, amazing. No, no, you mentioned her on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she's an incredible was. entrepreneur. Yeah, that was cool. So was good. Cool. Man, we're almost getting to it. You know, I like to be respectful of people's times and yours because you're the real boss in the building. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have some amazing stuff later, and you're busy, and it's beautiful, and I'm glad you made the time to come up here to the Boogie Down Bronx. Man, Boogie Down. Undisclosed location, mind your business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you could leave entrepreneurs with some gems um man i don't even know which way to take it because you you really got all the answers you know no 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 no. you're like sway (laughs) you got the answer sway somebody wants to start a business yeah now yeah post covid yeah top three pieces of advice i feel like a lot of people want to do things Mm -hmm. and it's just like they just don't yeah. Want to take the jump. Yeah. Um, and then there's also people who are very impulsive and then they try it and then they're like, this is not for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like top three advices for somebody who wants to start their business mm. um, and they're bootstrapping it. Yeah. That's a great question. You know, I think at the highest level, I think we're, we're in an age where, you know, culture, like I grew up running mirror where like entrepreneurs weren't celebrated and like in fact in 2009 social entrepreneurs you know companies that were mission-based of like i want to help with my product at the same time while i'm selling a product was a new idea it was a new concept and they nobody was like oh yeah social entrepreneur that's really cool like we were not celebrated in fact people like so many people and especially like family and you know fr- some friends but just culture in general was like what you want to start your own company why would you do that like go get a job Go punch the clock, you know, and respect all the people that do that. But for me, I was like, no, 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 I want to do this because, like, I believe in it, right? So I think, you know, there's there's one idea that, like, starting a business isn't for everybody, and that's okay. Because I think now we're in a, we're in a, what I'm getting at is we're in a, we're in an era, social media, wherever, where, like, the entrepreneur is celebrated. And I love it. As an entrepreneur, I love it. Like, entrepreneurs should be celebrated. Mm-hmm. But it's borderline, like, there's also a crush it mentality where it's, like, fake entrepreneur. Like, like people are not saying how hard it is. And so they get into it and they're like, oh, damn, this is way harder than I thought because of the like flaunting, the, you know, the, the flexing of like, look, I've made it, I've crushed it, all this without showing the other side of like, this is really freaking hard. So I think give yourself some grace because like it's not for everybody. I was reading some stats the other day that like three out of five people in their lifetime have an idea to start a company. But something like 90% of those people never do it because they don't have the money to do it. They don't have the capital. And I think it's as much as capital is a constraint, I also think it's a, a it's a mental constraint. So if you're in if you want to start a business and you don't want to go through investors or you don't want to raise money from friends and family or you don't or you can't get a loan from the bank, you just want to straight up hustle, which is awesome, just audit your life. What can you live with and what can you live without? Because those first honestly like eight years of Mir, there were a lot of things that Beck and I went without. We didn't travel a ton. We certainly didn't have a social life, you know, like the benefits of being your best friend is your wife. Like we hung out with each other a lot, you know, 
we I remember friends going on trips and we're like, we can't afford to do that because we're putting the money back in the business. You know, I remember I still remember going to the public storage unit. We had that for the first two years. Roll up door, load all the boxes in the car, take it to the printer, ship it. It's real, right? Um, so just audit your life. Of like, what can I afford? What can I not afford? Because now I think people have this mentality of like, oh, I have to have the latest iPhone. Do you? Maybe you don't. Maybe you can have like two gens later, right? Yeah. So I think audit. You know, if you if you want to hustle and bootstrap it, audit your life. There's more money than you think, and it's okay to work another job, right? Like it's okay to like work 20 hours, 40 hours, and then do that. Because like people are like, how did you make it work? How did you and Beck made it work? Well, the reality is, when Little Hottie sold, we got some bread from that. Respect to Rick, but also Beck worked the first five years at Morgan Stanley making great money. And then on nights and weekends, we'd work together on the business. So like we had this beautiful partnership where it's like, I didn't, I didn't make any money the first five years of mirror, but that was intentional. Right. So I had this awesome partner who was crushing it. (laughs) He was making all the money, paying for everything. Um, my sugar mama, um, (laughs) shout out to Beck. (laughs) Uh, so that, you know, that, that worked for us and it's, it's different for everybody, but I think, you know, not everybody's an entrepreneur. If you're going to do it, just audit your, audit your lifestyle. You can probably live on a lot less than you think you can. Um, you know, and just and just make that dollar go far. I mean, when we were going to our first trade shows, we would we would eat we would go to Chipotle because we could make two meals out of it. Like we knew that if we went to Las Vegas for Interbike Trade Show, mm-hmm. we go to Chipotle, get the giantest, biggest, put everything in there, everything in <laughs> the there. Bowl. Oh, can I? And then here's a hack: when you check out after you've already swiped the card, oh hey, can I get a tortilla for this? <laughs> because you know what, it wasn't worth it for them to go ring you up for like fifty cents or a dollar for another. They'd be like. Yeah. Give me the tortilla, you know? So like things like that where it's like, I'm going to eat half this bowl, then I'm going to save the other half. I'm going to get a burrito for it tomorrow. I, I mean, it's like, I, I definitely did that. <laughs> sorry, Chipotle, but uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I definitely did that too. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, it worked. It worked almost every time. Um, but make that dollar go super far is I think, uh, is I think like a, 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 a and I, you know, it's honestly one of those things where it's like, for me, this has been like the highest highs and the lowest lows. And now in my life, I'm really trying to like bring those more like closer together and be a little bit more like harmonized because we have that benefit of like we've got some traction, we've got a good brand, we've got a team. And trust me, I love the big, you know, the big wins are awesome, but also like the big lows are terrifying. And so I'm trying to find that like I'd like a little bit more in the middle, please. You know, yeah, after yeah. after, you know, 15, 16 years of the grind, I'm like, let's just bring those together. Yeah. But just know it'll be the most amazing experience of your entire life and it'll be the most difficult at the same time. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. You you hit such a good point because it's we live we're living in that era where people romanticize entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Like it is not easy. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know I don't remember if I touched on that in the last episode, but I I've de- I, I speak about it all the time. It's like, yo, like this is not for everybody number one. Oh, I definitely did speak about it last time. And um I remember speaking about people who work at a desk. Like there's nothing wrong with working at a desk. I've never heard of the term punching the clock, but like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with yeah. punching the clock. Yeah. <laughs> it really isn't. If that's for you, that's for you. Like, trust me, I've had days where I was like, Oh, I really wish I had a regular job right now and I didn't have to deal with payroll because 100%. I'm not getting paid and yep. everybody else is, you know what I mean? Yep. And like I'm gonna eat a couple of noodles this week and everybody else is gonna eat whatever they want. You know what I mean? So it's like it's that sense of like people romanticize these things, and I feel like that's why people people like me and you connect because it's yeah. like it's like finding a tribe. Yep. You ever read that book? Yeah, um, it's my homie. 
Really? I serve him coffee at the farmer's what? market. Come Anyways, on. I'm just, you know, Seth, Seth, Amazing. Seth Golden. Anyways, yeah. Dude, yeah. That cat is smart. I used to read his books in college, and then I'm serving, I'm, I'm at the farmer's market, you know, and I'm like, he has a mask on. I'm like, I know those glasses. Yeah, yeah you're like, I know those glasses. And I know that bald head. <laughs> <laughs> that guy has a way with words. That guy's amazing. He's smooth. Yeah. Smooth like butter. Yeah. Smooth like butter. Um, but but yeah, it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. And that's okay, you know, but it will be like, and that's the thing is like, there's an invitation. I think everybody has some sort of like business in them, side hustle, Etsy, whatever, to like full on enterprise. Mm-hmm. Like like America and the world is built of small businesses. Like I love small businesses. Like they're my favorite people. Like don't get me wrong, the big, big, big folks pay the bills too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Facts. But I love small business owners, entrepreneurs, because they're just getting it every single day. The grind. Yeah. The grind is real. Yeah. Yeah, I love that about coffee. I feel like it's such an interesting industry because, like, it was like us kicking it at, at your ranch. Yeah. And it was like me and like three other people who sell coffee and we're just kicking it. Like, what up, homie? And it's like, yo, you up on this yet? Oh, no, no, no. Let me put you on. And then it's like, are you up on this? And it was just like, damn, you just, did you just, did you just help me make more money? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it's that type of industry where it's just mad love and it's just dope that I could be in that ecosystem with people like you and them. And 100%. we all just kind of share the knowledge, the wealth of knowledge. Yeah, that's what Mirax, that's, that's what Mirax is for, man. It's just mm-hmm. like people, people connecting. People, yeah, just right there. I mean, yeah. Yeah, life changing experience. People getting together, different industries, cross pollinating, sharing ideas. Cause I, you know, Prop said this in our Columbia video that we filmed, we did with him. It's like if you win, we all win. Right. And I think that's, it's getting more popular. I think that idea, but I think, you know, in the past, uh, you know, kind of capitalism has this like extractionary nature and this like, we must destroy everybody and have this like, you know, monopoly and, and whatnot. But I think it does have the ability of capitalism and does have that ability for, it's not like it just, it's a stagnant piece of pizza mm-hmm. and everybody have to slice and dice everything. The pie is growing and there's new, it's the growth, you know, that growth. So like, as it grows, like, Hey, if you win, we all win. Right. The slice gets bigger. Yeah. It's one slice, but that slice is heavier. It's yeah. thicker. Yeah. It's richer. Yep. Like and it that. just feels better when somebody else wins. Like, it's, it's amazing. Like, yeah. seeing you win is like, I think I told you this too on the phone. I was like, I didn't understand why these other guys kind of invested in me and were like mentoring me, whether it was premier and then mirror. It was just one of those things where after, after I, you know, grew a little bit, started mentoring from folks, I was like, oh, I get it. I get it now. I get it now. Yeah. It's like the most fulfilling thing ever. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for thank you for investing in me. My pleasure. Just with knowledge and time and being here, you know what I mean? It means everything. Thank you for helping me bring this idea to life, you know what I mean? It was the coolest thing ever. I think as a Dominican kid, to reinvent something you grew up with is like mind-blowing. You know what yeah. I mean? So that that was pretty cool. Like, oh, and that was so are. fun. If you haven't gotten your mocha pot, get to it. Get chop, to chop. it. Get Before it. they're all gone, I'm just kidding. They're, yeah. always, they're always gonna be here. Um, listen, me or X, we just came back from there. Uh, I feel like if I see you there, I know you made it, or like you, you mm. really got it popping. You are a leader in the in your industry, or you're really you know shaking the ground. So uh, if you have a, if you need a goal, your goal should be to make it there. It's like <laughs> it's like invite only. You can't just sign up. You know what I mean? So. It's that if you know, you know. If you know, you know. So it's pretty cool. Thank you for coming on the pod. The My Don's pleasure. Table, bro. The first guest. 
phenomenal. I tried to keep the time constraint, but I was like, nah, we're going over right now. No, let's go over. That was fun. Yeah, that was. I, I, I figured. I was like, this person. We could talk for another eight hours, man. We just... really could. I mean, we spoke <laughs> for like a few days straight, maybe almost a whole week. We'll do part two, part three, part four. Facts. Yeah. When we get when we get the bigger accounts, my guy, and we hit the new the new levels, boom, boom. But yeah, thank you for. Tuning in with us today. Thank you for coming to the Don's Table. The My first pleasure. guest ever. The second I'm episode. Honored. I'm honored. And you already know. I'll catch <laughs> you on the next one. On the next one. <laughs>